Episode 134, The Power of Intention. We have more control over the course of our lives than we give credit. Pain occurs when we are unclear, unaware, or challenged. That isn't to say that pain should be avoided. Often, the things that bring the most pain carry the most potential for growth. But there is a massive difference between the boy who is making sandcastles with his back to a tsunami and the man who is in the ocean navigating its waves. The first habit, the power of the written word. At some point in your day, write down your intentions before one of your activities. Be present and aware of the outcome you would prefer, but surrender to what actually occurs. Take note. If you're so inclined, try several times throughout the day. But if it feels like work, revert to just one intentional activity per day. My personal goal is to build the habit so repeatedly that my intentions always precede my actions, which has proven to be a challenge with two emotionally driven children. But it's a challenge I know is worth the effort. The second habit, the power of numbers. Every day we are to spend at least five minutes meditating on one intention for each other's lives. To clarify, one of us would choose one intention for their life, and the other two would dedicate five minutes of intentional thought toward visualizing that intention as if it already exists. I've personally felt the power of group intention setting in my life and believe in its effectiveness, so choose your one intention wisely and truthfully. Gentlemen, good luck, gentlemen. This was episode 134, The Power of Intention. And in this episode, we focused on placing an intention in our day. And each other would put attention on one another's intention. So we would do this for five minutes on one another and then also on our specific intention. So let's kick it off with you, Nate, and how did it go? What was your experience? My experience was great. I was actually, I was really surprised. So the, there was a couple of things that really surprised me. One, when I started doing it, I was amazed the first time on focusing on what you guys had said, which Chris was trust. Phil, you were harmony and flow with your environment. And then just to throw mine in there too was success. I dropped in really well on each one right out of the gate, like noticeably well. So I set an alarm on my phone and just the focus that I had on each one, it surprised me. Like I had the kind of the internal thought during it. Of like, whoa, I'm actually like in the zone, which I think giving the attention away, intention away to somebody else, like, sending that to you and reinforcing it it clicked it in where i was amazed at how quick i was able to get into it and then at the end of each five minutes every single time that i did it i was amazed at how much time felt like went by where i dropped into a place of timelessness truly like what what you talk about now i've meditated for years now and i've tried to figure that out and i've had my trials and tribulations but this was actually one of the most effective meditation sessions that i've had like this process it was amazing. So right yeah. out of the gate, I was making kind of a space. I was, I was envisioning like, where am I? You know, what's going on here? And kind of just all these things just flowed in right out of the gate. And it was funny because not too far in, Phil, you sent a text asking like, what's going on or what do you envision? What are we doing? And yours wasn't far off of what I threw out at all. We can get into that. I, I think when you take your round on this, but I was really amazed. And then. I had some effects happen where mine was success and I had some interesting things happen where I felt like things were amplified for me and uh, I, I did have some successes with things. I have, you know, irons in the fire for different things in life right now and those have all been going good. I actually have something going on tomorrow, which is great. Uh, but right out of the gate, just like little fun stuff like fantasy football with my buddies, I swept the table on every single thing that I was doing one of the weeks. And it was right when we started. It's like I got an amplifier boost. So I had a really good experience with this. And 
I've continued to do it personally, and uh, I've gotten a little lax with sending the intentions to you guys. And for that, I should apologize because I definitely felt the effects. But overall, top to bottom, really impressed and really impressed with how much it focused my my meditations when I was doing it. And I think that sending out meditations and intentions to other people is something that I have to keep up because it was just incredible. Yeah. So mm. really, really impressed with it and really uh, – I had some big takeaways where like, okay, this is part of my process going forward. Very cool. No, that's cool. Chris, what was your experience? Um, I had a really great couple first weeks doing this, and I was, at the time, I was waking up every morning, and it was it was so easy to do. I, I was waking up at like sometimes 3.30, 4.30 in the morning, and starting my day with writing and breathing and, and setting my intentions. And I was just getting into, I wouldn't even say achieving my intentional goals, but just being in a very powerful state. I started my day intentionally and I've got all this energy. And I remember one morning after doing it several times, and of course I'd, I'd start I do your guys' five minutes as well. And I remember halfway through my day, even though I was still aware of just being in a flow state that I really could knock myself out of, and it was really great, I noticed suddenly out of nowhere that there was this, this tremendous sense of trust where I was always so used to battling something and feeling like I, I obviously don't trust anything. And it shocked me. Like, I suddenly notice it and nearly jumped out of my seat just because it was that powerful and feeling like, well, that's what I've been, that's my intention every morning and then I forget it. But there's some part of me that doesn't forget and it's just there. So it was kind of very strange to me to, to suddenly notice that and realize that it's like you've got this superpower that you just never used before, you know? Yeah. So it was great. Yeah, it's it's been a fascinating journey, like, ever since, you know, just kind of, like, as a, a little bit of a backstory, having done that group meditation and that was the focus the you know the name of that or the title of that class was power of intention and after that happened i don't know if it was just the the idea of a group of people focusing attention on my intention that like changed something in how I was interacting with the world around me and like oh I feel like I'm getting help like from a group of people toward yeah. this thing and then so then I started noticing um, certain things that I wouldn't normally notice and I don't know how much of that because like I you know I listen to a lot of podcasts and they you know they talk about the reticulating activating system the you know, the process of your mind noticing different things. Once you, you know, if I call it the, the color red, you look around the room, you're going to notice red right away. That's the reticulating activating system in your mind. And I, w I wonder how much of it is that, yeah. is that I'm responding to these situations more because I've placed intention on this thing. I've focused myself. And just looking at like our normal day to day, it seems like everything is trying to grab your attention. So the most common theme is that people are distracted left and right, you know? Yeah. So um, doing something like this, especially starting off your day, I think is very important because it focuses your day. Like, what do I want to place my attention on? This is how I want to be interacting with the world around me mm. and so yeah you know kind of bringing up harmony and flow as my intention my experience was crazy like it seemed within a few days um 
a friend at work, she brings up, she's like, uh, you know, we, we should all read this book. And it, you know, Becca at work, she's telling me and Matt, like, I just heard about this book. It's called thinking fast and slow. seems kind of interesting. And it's all about kind of harmony and flow. (laughs) Just sit there. I'm like, this is crazy. You know, like how this works. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't say anything to provoke this conversation and it's just coming echoing back and i'm like of course you are i mean it's ridiculous now with how these things work so it's just really cool um my experience like the the exact same with you guys that i was like really strong for about two weeks on it and then like it's almost weird how it's like you you have more experience with this like magnetism of your own intentions when you're helping other people. But then it seemed to like fade off as I was only putting attention on my intentions. And there are like certain things that I like within the past week, I started really focusing. Cause like every day I would go into work, um, and I'd set my intentions and they would kind of change and shift. But then I finished up reading that book, um, untethered soul. I think you both have read it, right? I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he talks, he said something in that book, like toward the end about being, you know, the things that he focuses on are being joyful, enthusiastic and loving. And as soon as I heard that, it just like, it resonated really hard with me. So I was like, okay, I think like if I got that, like if this guy kind of went on his path and he's just like, all right, I, whatever is to be will be and will come to me and I will know it as long as I'm being these three things. And he had such an amazing journey and he's like, it's not easy. It's not, I'm not promising any of this, you know, like is going to be easy, but as you're kind of awakening and you're on your spiritual journey, as long as you're kind of putting your intention here, everything will come, you know, or whatever. You don't have to worry, concern yourself. Just choose to be happy, choose to be loving, enthusiastic, and, and joyful. Then things will, will come naturally. And I'm reading that, and I'm like, okay, well, let's just try doing that. I started doing that, and uh, and it really seems like that is working you know so i don't know um yeah if you guys want to expand on any of your experiences yeah i popped up i found i wrote down so many things about this little moments that i kind of cataloged throughout you know the many many weeks that we did this um I felt that, like you had said, with waking up in the morning, I think there's some there's some relationship between intention and attention, and it seems the intent seems to be able to influence the attention. You start mm-hmm. that day and you say, "I I want to trust this experience, or I want to, you know, I want to be friendly, I want to be grateful, whatever." And suddenly, when you don't have that on the forefront of your mind, it's not. You know, you're you're not going to be able to hold this carrot out there and only right. think of this the whole day. So, but it it fades back and it's not even in your awareness. You realize there's there's still it's still there in some way. Like everything yeah. is, and I think that's the that's the interesting thing. We're not normally aware of that, but you start having these moments where you notice it. I think it's it's indicative of some kind of growth or expansion. I don't know, but, um, but there was that powerful, even, you know, conditioning effect that suddenly my attention will gravitate towards the things that I was intending or some aspect Mm -hmm. like that. And it, even when you feel like you're part of the process, it still feels like magic from outside of you, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But, and I also noticed that doing this started to get, I, I tried to, when I hear the word intent, I, I start to think of many different 
ways we would kind of try to talk about something that we might think is different is really the same in my book but I think like meditation prayer listening observing there's 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 commonality in all these activities and I started like I I felt this for a while now I probably haven't been able to articulate it in this way but I couldn't possibly think of even the word intent without thinking of something that we're communicating with. I, I don't know if it's a being or a process with that's in our side ourselves. I, but we we've called it the intuition. I think that there is there's something else that we can become aware of that is part of that kind of like almost like a relationship or a communication is going back and forth and being able to craft our intent and and communicate it effectively which means not too much and not too little just right you know i think it, it there's a there's an art to it um that i i'm not sure the rational mind always knows <laughs> how to how to get the recipe right but you kind of have to balance out yourself, and this goes into stoicism. That was another thing that I wrote about. It seems like when you can balance out your kind of rational mind and kind of mundane self, you can, so you don't have all those things pulling on you, you start to become aware of something else that, and you can kind of get these intuitions, these insights, and it made me want to play more with prayer, with meditation, with intent. And also to, I've been, it's turned me on to certain books that talk about this. And Richard Rose is one of the guys that has kind of written about the intuition, but going into those books, it I'm finding so many things that seem to clarify what we're talking about, even if it's just kind of an experiential type thing. but. I think there's something really there in why does intent work. I I used to go to sleep and um and I didn't do this the entire time. I think after the two weeks I just immediately went into research mode trying to find out where the intuition is and, you know, to give me all its goodies, I guess. Um but I would but back then I would like go to sleep and say thank you every night. I would kind of, I would focus on my breathing, get calm, and I would never really try to decide a specific moment. But when I got calm and I just kind of had a sense that I was completely at peace, then I would say thank you. And then, and I would, it was kind of like a, like that was my send off and I'd go to sleep. and. I started having just more general trust with, you know, inside and outside myself. And I started noticing things too. That was like 20 years ago. And so it I don't know how something like that, even as powerful as it was, could get kind of how that could die down in my life and I could get distracted with things that I don't want to be distracted. I don't uh, about. I don't want to put my attention on on the merry-go-round that's constantly going around faster and faster. So how could something seemingly that magical and that seemingly without a negative get drowned out by something I I don't care for? You know. I don't know. I I you know something that popped up with me recently is. I was thinking about the ego and how being egotistical makes sense to not want to have that going on in my life. But ego itself, from my understanding and my personal experience, it's the very reason that I have experience at all is that I feel separate from things because my connection and the inner workings of things is crazy. But same thing goes for complacency and distraction. It's so easy to go, those things suck. Like that's... I'm too distracted and sometimes I'm complacent about things, but there's something there too where it's like, I wouldn't be able to have 
a new experience if I didn't feel like things are okay, you know, or I wouldn't be able to distract myself with something good from all the bad things that I've experienced too. So it's really a mind trip where there's a use for everything in this place. Yeah. And, no, and these very conversations and the way that we go about stuff is so cool. You know, like when you talk about prayer and meditation, I feel like there's something there's something similar between all those modalities that get us from being reactionary and behind the eight ball with our emotions where they're kind of like they got our hooks in us and then we're coming out, you know, fist blazing and reacting to the world versus starting your day with an intention or a prayer or a meditation creating some space and when those things come up you get to see them for what they are and how they're guiding you in life but it's yeah, it's mm-hmm. funny because when i'm not in that mode then i make things like distraction and my ego and my complacency the different things i make those my enemies instead of my teachers yeah and i keep doing that over and over through the years and i don't want to do that anymore well, well yeah it's, it's easy all- to you can have you can read through everything you can get your hands on or read the same book that somebody else reads about and come away from it and feel like ego is bad. It should be destroyed, which is nonsense right. and impossible, you know, from a certain perspective. But I, I still remember learning about meditation and I felt like, and I don't think I actually read it, but it was, my takeaway was you try to stop thoughts and I don't think it was ever said. It's the mind makes a creation, and now you're you're set to say it's whether it's good or bad or not, you know. And it's not about solving any type of puzzle. It's about being able to get outside of it and see that it it just tells a certain story, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and and it is what it is. And appreciate it for what it is because there's something there. You know, I've rallied against that in some ways in my life. And then coming back home to it, it's like, no, I really do like watching Cheers. I am a fan (laughs) of Major League. If I go for a run and put on some ACDC, that feels great. You know, it's it's not all bad. Some of it's really great. It's your vehicle of transport. It's nice. It's it's comfortable. It's home in some ways too. Yeah. Well, even the – I've heard – I've heard so many people talk about spirituality where it, I don't want to say a lot, but there's a certain mindset that there's no sense in trying to, um, like investigate something you're happy about. You know, I, I've noticed that I had I didn't have any inclination to really look at something unless there was pain there. I remember that as a kid it was like I remembered being afraid to give a presentation and deciding to go last and realizing at the very end that I suffered the most sitting there and not doing it and I'm pushing <laughs> yeah. it away and and then I get to the end and I but a lot of those moments really taught me like yeah it's all bad and i kind of did that but it's gonna take a painful moment to engage you to make you want to get rid of it whereas if something's great there's no sense in trying to artificially say major league is a sin like i've been sinful for watching it i can't have this feeling and so every single time it comes up which it will now probably more so you decide to say every single time it comes up, I'm a bad person. I, I gotta go take twenty lashes. You know, like you're just you're gonna make yourself even crazier. It it just doesn't, it, and it's logical, kind of in a crazy way, and I can see why people think that. But it's just adding more insanity to this place. You know, it's if you like it, great. So what? Like that that's not the problem. Now it might become a problem, and when that does become a problem, then you should take a look at it. But I'm sure you got some other big rocks in your piles that you'd rather have, you know 
some of these fears you know set aside before you start taking on things that you love which is probably the very definition of neurosis being neurotic is rallying against the very thoughts that you're having instead of just letting them go just let them go through just just and, let and them work, go <laughs> work on the next thing instead easier of just, said than done yes 100 <laughs> percent for sure <laughs> yeah well you it's, reading reading the untethered soul really helped me on multiple levels um he brought up a word you know like what you were just talking about chris of like you could read the same book that someone else reads and come away with a completely different takeaway because oftentimes we assume that we're speaking the same language but we we're not ever words that come to me and like my you know my experiences enlighten me to things that i to like words for instance i guess the the idea that i'm trying to get across is like if i have a direct experience with a certain concept then it speaks to me but i can also have something that has been hovering around me becomes cliche because i've heard it so many times but i still have no direct experience with i assume i know it because i've heard it a million times but because i am not enlightened to that concept i don't really fully understand it mm-hmm. so the book like when i read the untethered soul there was something that he brought up and it was crazy because i've heard this word i've heard it used multiple times but in the context of which he was using it i realized i was misusing a different word and so he brought up the idea of staying centered because like i'm i'm reading this book and he's bringing these like you just let it go you just let it go it's that easy in the beginning like when i very first it was like you know probably two chapters in he talks about having these challenges having these tests these fears and they're pointing in the direction of like that's that's your challenge that is your spiritual growth that is you know what they are when they arise because all of the anger and whatever you know all these negative emotions come bubbling up and he's like that's that's your room to grow and i'm like oh man i know all the room to grow you know i know those because i keep getting those same experiences you know i mean that's what kids do is they bring those those kind of things i mean it's not just kids but it's like that's the daily consistent one you know hudson is my master and he knows the buttons he truly is like the master he knows already at age three when he's being a shit and he looks at you and i'm like fuck you're you're just the best at this of like knowing like i have you i could be good but i'm not going to be i'm going to do this and you can see it it's like he already knows but but the the whole the whole concept is is that Michael Singer, he brings up the idea of staying centered. And this whole time I've been thinking, like, I need to stay balanced in these situations. Balance has done me no good because I, like, try to have that concept in my mind. Like, stay calm, be balanced. And then Hudson is just, like, pushes the button, throws the, you know, the food on the floor, looks at me, spits his milk out. You know, all these things that he knows are going to get us mad. And I'm like how do i how do i not become reaction you know like reaction oriented in these situations but after reading that chapter i was like he's talking about like falling back to your seat and being the witness and realizing like you're not your emotions you're not your thoughts and he gave context of like your emotions are out here your thoughts are right here. But you're back here on a seat 
witnessing all of that. And that's where you need to get to in those situations. You need to fall back and up. And he's like, he, he just described it in such a way that I was like, oh my God, I've been there. And it gave me this crazy reference point. And he started bringing things up at the end. I'm like, so that's what that sensation is. Because I, I've tried to articulate it to you guys where I've like I've had out-of-body experiences and the feeling that I had is like I feel like I'm being like hollowed out. I don't know what the sensation is, but he describes it in the book and I'm like, that motherfucker has been there. Yeah. I, I love it that you it say it that way away. too. It blew me away because he's like, you go backwards and then you start going up and I'm like, wait, yeah. hold on. And this is right after, you know, like we've been placing, a, you know, my intent was like to find harmony and flow. And I'm reading this and I'm like, this is how this guy found that kind of peace in his life. And I was instantly tested with the information right away. Like the next day after reading this, I was like, okay, so... In moments, in the brief, you know, the few moments that I've had where I I just didn't have the energy to be reaction, you know, to react yeah. to these situations. Sometimes that's good. Situ- oh, it's it, it was amazing. But the thing is, is that it's like, you know, even though I had kind of quote unquote passed those tests. In the past, I didn't know how, or I wasn't really like able to replicate it over. Mm-hmm. But after reading this and understanding, I'm like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be looking at it like this, but I am, and it seems to be helping. Is that okay? This is coming to you. You've had this multiple times, and it, it keeps coming very consistently. You fail, you fail, you fail. Here are the tools, apply them. And as I've been applying them, it's not that the situations have calmed down, but it's as if it's really like they're they're almost ramping up, like testing me, like, will you break? And I have, not in the way that I I had failed or broken before, but now it's like I quickly regain. It might be like me raising my voice and I realize I'm like, no, that's a few steps in the wrong direction. But there's this like, there's this correction. When I'm done, I'm going to go help her. I already helped her with conclusion. What's the correction? It is... It is just like, like he says, it's like you're falling back to the seat of awareness and realizing like, you don't have to be your emotion. You don't have to be your thoughts. You can just like, you can fall back. You can go and and be centered where you realize that all of those things, like in a simulation, you're just watching. You know, you are in the theater, you're in Plato's theater and you're just watching this and you're like, you don't have to be in the character. You don't have to be so close to the canvas that the paint is right here. And you're like, I am the paint. You're not. You can just go step back and you're like, okay, now I'm centered. Now I'm not the character (laughs) watching this movie. (laughs) It's, it's very Ferris Bueller's day off. I got off, buddy. It, it's funny to me too. Like, there's I think there's many methods that people talk about, and um, it always involves if there is some major distraction for kind of like the rational mind, the monkey mind. That's just when you're not balanced, it's there. It does no good to tell your mind to shut up or to balance itself or surrender or whatever. And that's why it's ridiculous because it's not just it's it can't literally be contained in a in a phrase or a thought 
you know it sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't and you, you're enraged because it's like nothing else works like this but suddenly this has to be from a different world and we're obviously just taking baby steps to to be somewhat familiar with it but we're so conditioned with the way this world works that you think you can just find out something new you know slam your fist on the ground and say it louder and then the you know the door opens it doesn't do that um it's probably more beneficial like you were doing is finding out what works for you but you know one of them i've seen people like it, it there there needs to be some kind of failing of the rational mind if it is in that monkey mind mode it has to exhaust itself to shut up i've or simply find moments to watch when you know that it's going to be automatically like it's going to be too exhausted i remember being in a kind of goofy state of mind working graveyards and coming home from work and i was loopy but all this creativity came out of me and i wondered what that was about and it was because the state of mind had some kind of seemingly negative effect on my rational mind or you know obviously drugs do this alcohol or or comedy i think is a big one there's something that's kind of the rules are suddenly fluid and you can break them and bend them and you know it's there's that rigidity where you where you normally think this is me and my mind is awesome and i can solve anything with my body and mind that needs to be tested and it's funny when that starts to bend that other thing starts to come in there's got to be some kind of relationship with with my observations of this i still i believe that there's some kind of relationship between this rational mind and something intuitive something creative and i think, I think both, be- i'm sorry go I think as we get older that we think that seriousness is more important than it should be. Like I think that there's probably there's something really effective about being serious, but what you're experiencing there to me is that you're laughing. Like you've gotten to a situation where it's so shitty that all you can do is laugh. Yeah. <laughs> we love those moments. Care. We've all and done then, it. Yeah. And then everything becomes malleable and fun and somehow works out better. And you go, huh, I don't understand. Like, I think that focus is something that is incredibly important, but somehow we attach seriousness to focus as adults. Not to say that seriousness isn't effective. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Like when the rubber meets the road and it's like it's really time to go, like I am, boom, I'm in, I'm locked in. But most of the time, I bet you focus would do in those moments where you just break it up and laugh at it just let's go of all of it you're like i'm not serious at all i don't care i have no fight and then everything is just water and it flows and you're good i i think those words i've i was playing with that somewhat recently just the idea of kind of feeling like i wasn't i didn't feel confident to not be serious and i see so much of that reflected back to me and I want to give that out, but I, there's something wrong about it. I think people equate like acting serious with being serious. So they, they project seriousness, which is not the same as being serious. Like I think for somebody who's truly dead serious, gonna figure out what's true, you know, come heaven or hell, they're, they can be probably the most unserious crazy people in the world, I'm sure. You know, if it means I I need to get there, but projecting projecting seriousness to another person is a, is an egoic game. You you want to see something reflected back to you? Oh, you're a serious person. You're respectable. You're intelligent. That that's more of this external game where I get value from some other circumstance outside myself. Whereas this other one, you're it's going in a different direction. And when they're doing I, that, it almost feels like you can hear them, the inner monologue. You can you can sense it off of, I'm being serious now. I'm being serious. It's like, hey, you're full of shit. Yeah. And you know that because you, know 
yeah, you could you could see when you played that game, you know, because we've all played that game. Right. The note that I was going to say is that there was a... I, I don't know specifically who he was. He's like top of his class MMA fighter. And I think it was Tim Ferriss was talking to Joshua, Joshua Waitzkin about meditation. And I'm probably like mixing my sources like crazy. It could have been a Joe Rogan interview, but and it would make more sense given the uh, the guy in question. But there was a top level um, MMA fighter, and he is a notorious like deep meditator right before a match, where like other guys they're saying. They had like a level system that like Joshua Waitzkin was talking about. And he's like, you know, these guys, they will be revving at like a six before a match. They're, they're off. They're like warming up. And he's like, you know what the top guy is doing? He's asleep right before a match. And he has a timer set on his phone. <laughs> and this guy, he meditates so deeply that he's like half the time he's dead asleep and then his alarm goes off and he's like and then he goes in and they said that he performs nine times out of ten he's performing at a level nine ten or sometimes he goes past and they they call it the 11 he goes into 11 because he outperforms any performance he's ever done he's far more effective and he's He's realized that, mm. that to be serious or to be tense or like slightly aware, you're exhausting that level of performance or that emotion. So then you're not as effective. And especially if you're doing that throughout the day, you're getting burned out. I mean, the same goes for being silly or being creative or being whatever emotion or state of presence that you're not going to be if you're that all the time you're going to burn out mm-hmm. you know if you feel like you have to be that and i mean the theory for me kind of extends to like you see guys like Jim Carrey or Robin Williams who have they have amazing range on the extreme ends of the spectrum super silly or way serious do you ever really see them in the middle all that often? I can think of like one moment in film history where Jim Carrey was in the middle. And it's in Ace Ventura. And um, what's her name? I I can't think of her actual. Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox. She comes exactly in. exactly what she's talking about. Yeah, the dog. And he goes, you know, uh, Miranda or whatever her name is. He's like, and it's this one moment where he is not Jim Carrey serious. He's yeah. not being overly It was a huge goofy. De- huge departure from like what he was the second before. It's it's a transformation. Yeah. And it's like that's the one moment I've seen that guy <laughs> not at the ends. He's like right down the middle and it was weird. It like that is so weird to see a guy in that state. Yeah. But I mean, I guess the point being, you're you're not going to be effective if you are just revving in one level. But that's also kind of like the joy, I think. Once you start setting intentions, you realize it's far easier to shift yourself than you gave yourself credit for. I mean, again, it's kind of hard to have this conversation and not talk about Jim Carrey. Because have you guys seen the documentary... Um, Life with Andy, I think it's called. Bits and pieces. The the idea where he's like he's playing Andy Kaufman so much that he really gets like sucked in, believes he's Andy Kaufman. Other people are like, This is weird, like he's saying things that Andy would say. It's almost like he's channeling them and then he forgets Jim Carrey. He's like, How do I get back to Jim? Like I don't he's like, if it was that easy to play that character so much that I actually forgot 
then this character of Jim Carrey is just a character. And there's truth to that. And once you start shifting like your intention, as I've experienced it, it really is like, oh yeah, you can be whatever you want given the mm-hmm. circumstance if you're aware enough to know like what it is the circumstance requires. Yeah. And that's what like like I I've done it quite a bit at work because I'm like, okay, like there was something that was, you know, something that was occurring where people are a little nervous at work because there was a, there's a high turnover and everyone's kind of nervous. And so I realized I'm like, well, what they're projecting is nervousness that they're going to get fired. I'm like, I guarantee you they're going to get fired because I've done that myself. Like where I was so nervous at the bar and it's like, okay, so you screwed up big deal, but I kept screwing up because I was nervous that I was screwing up. So then I was projecting that and I kept going in that cycle and I was like, how do I get out of this? So I had been there. I had recognized it from like this outside perspective. So then as it started happening again in the workplace that I'm currently in, I was like, nope. So every day I was writing down like, here's what I'm going to be. And it was amazing to me that I'm like, that's how I was regardless of what outside things were happening. I was like, that's what I'm going to be. That's what I'm choosing to be. Cause even if the worst case scenario happened, at least I'd have peace of mind going through that. I'm like, I was the best I could be. And that I can sleep with that. I, that I don't have to worry about. Yeah. But I think a lot of people, you know, if they aren't present, if they aren't making the intention, if they're not doing their best, you have every right to be worried because you're doing something. You're you're guiding yourself in the wrong direction and you know it. So this to me, I mean, it, there's so much power in knowing like, and so much peace in knowing like, all right, here are the things that I'm focusing on. I can direct myself. I've done it so many times now that I have trust in the process. And it's like, um, as long as I'm doing that, I've done everything I can do. Yeah. Cool. I can go to sleep at night. I can do all these things. And I, I do it like going to sleep as well, you know. It's manifest um, destiny. It's intending in the spot that you don't want to go. Yeah. When you're when you're learning to ride a motorcycle, they tell you to look in the direction you want to go, which sounds so simple, but when you're on something and you're thinking about all the different, you know, shifts of weight, the mechanics, mechanics, I'm squeezing a brake, I'm downshifting, I'm using my feet and my hands, I'm drumming, I'm using things at different times. It's really easy to break your focus of where you want to go and look somewhere else and you're going to run into a dumpster at that point where manifest destiny where you're setting yourself up for a bad situation you know you're intending to go a direction that you don't want to go but you've made it your intention so you're gonna go there now you've set yourself up for failure you know Mm. i think anytime you have kind of a a dilemma that's not resolved too you you have those worries that are aimed at the gutter you know you might have a lot of other things too you might want to go to the sunset or you know have all the good happen in the world but what we tend to do quite often is just push those thoughts down and hold on to the good ones and overemphasize the good ones when you probably should get some kind of awareness about the overall situation i think anytime i've ever really done that and get the most clarity when I when I walk away from some type of whether it's meditation or writing or a conversation about something and I'm completely clear it I get to a place and this is how I kind of know I'm done I don't care what happens at that point I don't care the outside doesn't matter to me anymore it's like what you said I feel good I've done if I know I've done my best then I don't give a shit what happens <laughs> yeah no you're not right. you're not focused on the you're not focused on the outcome you you can give a shit you are staying centered and present in the moment and you can it, you're absolutely right yeah. and that is the best place to be always it's the yeah, you you, the, you gave your best and you were focusing on what you really want and anything else to hell with it you know that's yeah. just the weather I can't control that, but I didn't make myself fail. I knew right. exactly where I wanted to go, and I can live with that. It's when you don't, 
And you go, uh, something deep down knows that you were steering in the wrong direction, that you were setting yourself up for failure. And yeah. that sucks. It hurts. Yeah. It, it, it puts power outside yourself. I mean, I think that we, we do that naturally when we, whether we're blaming somebody outside, and we might have very good reasons for blaming outside, but I think when you are putting your attention outside in that way, if it's somebody else's fault, there's really no way for you to solve that. And unfortunately, for the situation you're in, you're attached to this problem that you really don't want to go away, and you don't want to see it in any other way. So the person that really needs to get over it is you. You know, it's like every time when, but everything's aimed outward. Everything is no, but it should happen this way. You don't have control over everything, and it's a it's a hard lesson. I can't believe that our situation is such that you wouldn't feel like an expert after 40 years of doing this over and over and over again, you know, but it's, it's a weird kind of dynamic. Well, I think it's only recently that my awareness of like what the actual system that's in place is, you know, that what was running before were all my past experiences and those outcomes had led me to believe this is what's going to happen. So I would subconsciously, I already had an intention in place and then it would run that. And I was like, of course that happened because that's what has always happened. Well, that is what always happened because you went into a situation unknowingly based off of your genetics or your past experiences and that had led you like life plinko here and it would continue to have that trajectory because all those things be, had become habit so then the question is how do you break from that habit well this is the key is that you say okay when, right when i wake up the start of my day here are my intentions mm-hmm. and then it goes boop and you start going in a completely different trajectory like experiences start coming to you or opportunities, whatever you want to call it. And you respond in a way that you're like, that's interesting. I mean, really stepping back to the seat of awareness and you're in a different perspective and you're like, Phil just said something he doesn't normally say. That's strange. And then it's like, you know, it's almost like from that perspective, you're almost delighted. Like, Oh, the movie just got a little bit more interesting. What is he saying now? And then from the seat of awareness, it's like, oh, this is the the movie's getting better. This is very cool. Okay, we're going to reinforce that habit. We're going to put attention on intention setting right from the get-go. So then that becomes the habit. Things start rapidly changing. And as I've experienced it, it's crazy how much control you actually do have. Hmm. It's very fascinating. Almost to the point where you're like, it really is a movie, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the person's like, but it's the person who's like sitting in the seat of awareness that's like delighted. Like, Name your adventures. Yes, it is. And it's like, oh, the fill ride is getting better. This is starting to get good. You know, I love the fill ride. You know, it's almost like this is already played several times. And they're like, oh, like, we're enjoying this now. And he's starting to have, like, an effect on his own life. And he's becoming aware of that. We love that, you know. There is that much control and power, too. It's Oh, 100%. Like... Okay, so I'm going to tell you guys a key that I've found. It was something that I, I've, I think I lucked out. I was fortunate that I, that the character, Phil, was naturally inclined in, but never had awareness of, until recently because I saw it in Matt, and then I realized I'm like, oh, when I don't when I don't like reflect that back, it feels strange. So I'm like, well, I should always be me too. And enthusiasm. And it was 
you know, in that book as well. And it like, that's what brought a lot of attention to that trait. And I've started noticing it in like a lot of really successful people and it's enthusiasm for, for life in general, but whatever you place your attention on, have enthusiasm about that unwavering like if you're going to be doing something why would you ever want to be doing it if you weren't enthusiastic about it mm-hmm. so it's like if i'm working just on yet another you know like at work i'm i'm working on um like a little graphic template for like social posts i've done it a million times but when i go in with intention i'm like okay how can i how can I be enthusiastic about this? I start choosing things from my direct experience that I am enthusiastic about. And it's amazing how that trickles down because I'm like, well, I enjoy like creating a graphic with Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, saying the mind is where the the mind is the limit. You know, if you can if you can visualize it in the mind, you can do it. And so it's like, that could have just been any quote that I'm like, all right, this is a job. I've got to post something for this. You know, it's another social post. It's just the same old thing. Or with enthusiasm, then I find a really good quote that feeds me. And I don't care if it feeds anybody else. I'm not looking for the outcome or the result. I'm just like, (laughs) work for me. I'm pumped. I don't care if anybody else gets anything out of this because I just won. Mm-hmm. I just won that moment. And I'm like, okay, I'll double down and do it again. Who who else have I found inspiration from? Start mining, like, Ted Williams. And I'm, like, reading his stuff. I'm like, eh, Ted, you're a little salty. Like, <laughs> I, I've drawn a lot of inspiration from what you've done, but not necessarily from what has come out of your mouth. So, and I, like, but then I, like, I run into Hank Aaron quotes. <sighs> I'm like, I'm really, and I have to, I have like both of you. Yes. Um, I have both of you to thank for like my love of quotes and don't ever stop feeding me that because like, I don't think I was a quote junkie before, but I totally am now because it's like you get this, this like lightning bolt of who someone was. I'm only going to feed you Ted Williams quotes from now on. (laughs) (laughs) I I just spent all day today like doing Jordan quotes and Jordan's just like, he's awesome, you know, but at the same time, I also, what I, what I've started realizing, I'm like, I feel like I personally potentially have now the perspective and the ability to possibly and this may sound ridiculous and like coming from the ego and it's not where it's coming from i feel like i have a unique perspective that i potentially could have more powerful quotes than anybody because i'm going through this i'm doing like the graphic design on them and i've like for whatever reason since we were working at yard house i remember there was this huge billboard um, and I think it was Nike. I mean, this is a huge ad campaign, and it said, don't give up. And I remember just staring at it, and I was like, that's such, that's such a fucking broken message. And it, I really became fascinated with it, because I, like, saw it, and I'm like, they do realize that, like, although it's meant, its intention is to be positive, it's done in a negative way. If you said, always push on, then, like, and though that is not a it's not a common uh, saying that would get people thinking they'd be like, I've never seen that. What the hell does that mean? Always push on or always push forward. That would be the mess, the exact same message that they're trying to convey, but it would be done in a more powerful way. That's positive, And you would consciously eat that up in a positive way. And your subconscious would eat it up in a positive way as well. So I've become like really fascinated with like there are a lot of like superhuman people like Michael Jordan, for instance. This guy had a mindset that is like laser focus on his goal. He's had a lot. I mean, he's done amazing things. He's tapped into the body in a way that like it's undeniable. He's been on video defying gravity. 
And scientists are like, yeah, we, don't, we still don't get it. From like this point to this point, there should be a fall off, but he still keeps ascending. That doesn't make sense. He was tapped into something. He was present and he was really focused. With that all said, and as strong as his mind is, a lot of his quotes, they're like, there's still room for improvement of like things that he was thinking about. It can still be dialed in. So that's what I've become fascinated with is like, what are the messages that you are feeding yourself? What are you thinking about? And how are you thinking about that? Because it seems like up till now, we've been doing a lot of counter work and like, it's working on a conscious level, but it's not working on a subconscious level. What I'm fascinated with is like, how can we get it to be working on both? That will accelerate the process even more. So, in rant. One way I would see it's, and it's kind of, whatever, spend more time doing those introspective techniques whether it's meditation prayer intent um trying to become the observer you know just even during your day or taking timeouts for any of this but i started noticing i was like my primary focus was on those techniques whereas i was using that as kind of my lens for looking at anything so instead of this being some kind of, and I, I have trouble with it sometimes, and I, I tend to want to take this kind of section of my life and you know push it over here in the corner and say it's something different, when really I think it needs to be this is the these are the tools that I use to live my life, so they're always present no matter what I'm doing. But I think that would make attending to the intuition making those intents making those prayers it strengthens it kind of strengthens that muscle that i think needs to be strengthened we have all these other muscles that have decades of experience and they need a little bit less attention they need to kind of devalue and kind of atrophy a little bit whereas this these new powers need a little bit more focus you know which just means we use we we have to start by making them a habit, and there's a lot of exploration in that too. Yeah, well, I think you have to just like you're saying. Fun. We all have our own language. You have to come up with your own connection, your own process. You got to make it your own every time. Make yeah. your own language. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Look within yourself. See what's working for you, because. That's also another thing, you know, that like the only the only real power that you have is looking within yourself you're and cutting seeing out what your bad is and Yeah, you're breaking up again, dude. I am. Yeah, so it's okay. Yeah, you're frozen and All, the audio is crackling. God, you're beautiful. That better? Yeah. For now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it getting really bad, like, as I was talking before? Not really. It was okay. just when you started to pick no. up talking, it froze. Or I, yeah. I saw it frozen for a while. Well, okay. I think not, I was not talking. through the rest of the episode. Just that one. <laughs> it was weird because how you guys were reacting, I'm like, I don't think. I'm saying anything that's like funny. <laughs> you guys were like <laughs> making these weird, like almost semi-sexual faces at me, and I'm like, "What the hell is it that I'm?" It was it was meant to be. I was I was going down. I can't even remember what I was saying, which means that what I was saying wasn't the right direction. Okay, well, I am sorry, but I'm going to have to cut my in off, if that's the right okay. way of putting it. I've got to... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to leave it. I'm good Ouch. with my... Se- I'm, uh, I'm good. <laughs> um, do you guys want to do a part two, or do you want to go on to the next one? Whatever, however you guys feel. 
I am. It's just down. nice to get chatted. Yeah. yeah, I think I think uh, I think we should do another round. We don't need to make an episode of it, but I think that we could make another challenge because that was good. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to have as many start doing that. It, I, it felt I, it might have been this morning. I had this real strong ping that we were due for another change mm-hmm. with this. Yeah, um, and that's been probably yeah. overdue. But right there, like having. A challenge that is after the episode to keep it fresh and we could reach back in the archives and try to think of other challenges or things that we can kind of bring back up as refresher you know stuff so let's do something yeah, like in. that yeah and uh phil if you want to think about that a little bit more than we do because it's your episode and see what? if you or either way this one's mine that, yeah Oh, the the next episode's yours. Yes. Oh, you were talking about this next episode being a challenge episode. <laughs> I'm so confused. You, you remember how you remember how we we talked about how we all think we're on the same page. <laughs> we think we're we're talking the same language, but we're not. <laughs> yeah. And then when we all decide that we finally are, and we're actually not. <laughs> Good. We're all on the same page. Are we're, we? no. we're trying to be on the same page. Absolutely, absolutely not. Okay. Well, Nate. All right. Up. Well, I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna shut down the recording. <laughs>